All right, Enrique, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, David. Happy to be here. You are an, like an international uh, activist. You're like connected internationally, right, with the animal rights uh, activism, both politically and on the ground, right? That's right. a fair representation of, of, of you, isn't it? It's, would that be a... Yeah, I would say so. You? I would say so, yeah. Cool, cool. So you're, you're, you're like a jack of all trades, really, because I've, I've noticed you do on the ground activism. You go out, do protests to try to convince people to go vegan and, and change their lives. You're also doing stuff that's more the high level, like, well, I suppose not high wouldn't be the right word, but like political level stuff as well. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, remote. yeah. I mean, uh, I just, you know, like it, it's hard to define or, or to find like, let's say like the right way, like quote unquote, the right way to do activism or mm. to, or to fight for a cause that you were, you know, like involved in. And so, you know, I just been trying different ways and see what works, what not, what's the effectivity. Okay. And then, you know, hopefully find, a key combination of factors that you can see that you can actually bring some systematic change, right? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So I brought I brought you here because we've we've obviously been in contact through uh, another project that we're working on. And uh, what piqued my interest is when you said that you do political stuff as well. Now I've I've actually I don't think I've ever met anyone who focuses on both consumer level, like trying to encourage people to not be selfish pieces of shit and uh, <laughs> political <laughs> level, uh, try and convince politicians to not be selfish pieces of shit. Uh, it's right. usually that people focus on, on, um, you know, a lot of most activists, most vegans focus on the public, which is good because the public demands the products. Um, and then there happens to be a, a political element to all of this, but the political activists, activists tend to have something against the on the ground ones. And it, it, um, they yeah. tend to be at odds the most of the, most of the time that I've seen. They tend yeah, to be clashing, actually, saying, no, this is better. No, this is better. It's actually rare for me to meet someone who's like, oh, I think I'm going to try and do both, really. So what, what? Um, yeah, tell, talk me through that. How does that work for you? Like, how, how have you avoided this kind of one versus the other thinking and that you're actually just trying to do it all? Yeah, I mean, you know, before being involved with the animal rights question, I was doing a lot of stuff for human rights and I worked for different organizations such as Amnesty International or, uh, you know, the UN uh, Refugees uh, Agency. Um, but uh, the thing is, you know, I always believe that, you know, I mean, it's not a belief. It's just, you know, when, when a law changes or when, you know, like a policy changes, it has practical impact on the, run, on the ground, right? I mean, right. this is just the reality of the situation. But then, you know, politicians don't really do these things on their own. And, you know, I always believe that change comes from bottom up, you know, when people, you know, people have the power and when people want and demand change, then that change happens, right? right. But, I mean, in the end, the ones who actually make the practical change, you know, who sign the, 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 the paper, you, you know, so to say, are the mm -hmm. politicians or the policymakers. And so I believe that, you know, on one side, you definitely need the public putting the pressure on, on the things that they want to change. But on the other side, you also need, you know, people on the right places to actually make that change happen and put the pressure on, on, on from the inside, right? And and it, it is conflicting. It is conflicting on both sides. But I mean, if I have the privilege to be able to do both and mm. and and you know experience both of both sides, um, and yeah, I just I just you know as I said at the beginning, you know I haven't still yet you know decided if one is more effective than the other. I don't even think you can actually pick or choose. But you know I think just it just complements very well. Got it. So so what? What kind of things are you doing? I mean, on the ground, I, I think uh, most people have an understanding of what that means. Like you go out right. and bring laptops out to the public, maybe give out food, maybe just fly out. There's, we, we, we all know what on the ground, right. dealing with the general public, we know what that looks like. People do that. People have done that for like charity and stuff. So the average yeah. person probably gets that. Even, even if they're not vegan, they get that. But political activism is where it gets a little bit uh, obscured. For me, actually, I don't really know what that looks like. So I, I know... There are pressure campaigns exist, okay, but that—that's I—is that—is that what you're talking about when you say political activism, or just talk me through what it actually means to right. be a political activist? Right. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I wouldn't call it political activism. For okay. me, it's just you know, like uh, I mean, you can call it how you want. I guess it's just you know, a matter of just doing good and try, trying to bring change, and that's what I you know embrace as a philosophy in general. And you know, this is just one of my tools to bring that change, right? And so um, what I've been doing specifically, it's uh, I started working for an organization called Global Animal Law, GAL Association. Okay. Uh, it's based on Zurich, but it's an international organization. Um, and basically, on you know, in a nutshell, what they do is, uh, what we do is uh, identify gaps within international law 
um, and then try to fill these gaps with, you know, making recommendations, making proposals, and then trying to lobby at, you know, the governmental level or a UN level um, to try to implement those policies, right? Um, and then, you know, today's issues, it's we cannot really analyze issues independently because everything is really interconnected right and so whether you like it or not you have to be looking at the animal question right whether it's you look at you know like climate refugees or whether you look at you know like climate change or environmental devastation or stuff like that um you have to be considering so whether you're vegan or not whether you care about animals or not whether you're an absolute selfish person you have to be caring about this right even politicians you know have to be caring about this um but there is big gaps in international law and so basically that's what we do with different projects just try to find where law can be improved because as we know law always goes you know way behind everything else um mm. so we just try to identify those gaps and you know correct them somehow right and what, and what kind of gaps are we talking about here well, give us an example of one you've yeah. been working on recently so yeah, our biggest project is basically the animal protection, basically because everything you know. So international law is quite new, but uh, and you know modern at least international law is quite new, and everything that we have uh, concerning animals, it's either through environment or through conservation treaties, which yeah talk about the protection of the animals, but they all talk about the protection of the animals based on what that specific animal is worth to humans, right? Whether it is for you know lion can hunting or whether it's you know um to, to capture wild animals for the zoos or you know stuff like that and so these treaties basically what they do is um they they make sure that species you know are enough let's say quote-unquote resources available for us to keep exploiting right? right and so you know some of them you know like for example the the, the CITES, which is you know like probably one of the main uh, uh, treaties it's like the convention international uh, trade for endangered species it's one of the main um, treaties on, on that regard and and it basically it has some let's you could say you could call it welfare argument it could it has some you know uh, lines on some articles where it says mm -hmm. like how you're supposed to treat that specific specimen right. but it, it's it's very big it's not a specific and that the whole idea of the treaty is not to protect animals it's just basically to protect resources for humans so as long as there is enough for them to be used and exploited and hunted, then and it's okay to do it, right? right? And so the less there is, the more endangered the species is, then obviously the more protections it has. But then when even the specimens that are allowed to be hunted, for example, mm. you barely have any regulation on how to do that or like on how to, to you know, uh, anything, you know, from the beginning, from the end, you know, like all the process of the hunting, like there is no real specifics for that. And so what we are working on, and it's a, a um, so we created the treaty, well, they created a treaty even before I I, um, I joined the organization, um, that it's, it's called the UNCAP. So it's the UN Convention for Animal Health and Protection, which would be the first treaty of its kind. Um, it could be the first treaty that could be uh, valuing animals for their intrinsic value. Mm -hmm. And then it would be protecting them based on their intrinsic value and or their worth as individual, right? And okay. so this includes um, so many things such as, you know, like all the principles of welfare that we've been talking about for years, like the three R's, like, you know, stuff like that. And, um, you know, it, it really takes into consideration, you know, the, the, you know, like to be able to keep them free from stress, free from fear, free from pain, free from, you know, agony, all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And not for any other thing else, but just because they matter, right? And just it, it, it's based on the on the principle that recognizing the sentience and their capacity to, to suffer and to experience joy and to experience, you know, all, all the kind of things mm -hmm. that they can experience, right? Um, sure. And so basically, we're trying to, you know, this treaty would fill the void as I said, there is no such treaty. There is there is regional, uh, for example, EU level, or there is you know national laws that are specifically you know welfare laws specifically to mm -hmm. protect animals, right? But yeah. doesn't exist such a thing as an international level. I got you. And the main criticism I, I would say people would have with something like this, and I've seen it by the way a lot, is that people think that once you grant that these animals have these intrinsic this intrinsic value and they are worth protecting not because they're a resource or, or for, they're just worth protecting because they are animals that have value uh, the next logical step from that in law would be then how could how can we kill them how can we how can we kill them for meat how can we kill them for fur and leather how can we use them for, for, for milk and eggs and then kill them after that because if they have intrinsic value so so I guess the, the the worry that a lot of people would have here is that it's going to end up making meat and dairy and all these products illegal, which is, as vegans, uh, I would say, I think a lot of vegans uh, would say that's a good thing that to make it illegal. 
Um, what's your take on that? Like, should is that is that kind of the end goal of of the like lobbying and, and this kind of getting this intrinsic value, getting these laws in place is the end goal to then Ill- make it illegal for these products, like these like some people would be afraid of, or or like the vegans would want, uh, or is there another? Is there is there something in between that that I'm missing? Yeah, I mean, um, look, there, there is different approaches, and it definitely depends on the organization that you're talking to or the kind of you know mm-hmm. like policies that you're trying to apply. But in this case, you know, like me, my personal belief, you know, on a personal level, yeah. it definitely would be to you know uh, end all animal exploitation, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's the end goal for for an activist, right? Um, See, I'm with you on this. Just just to interject a little bit, um, because I am with you. Obviously, I. I I want an end to it all. The reason I'm bringing this up in a bit more of a a less polar, a, a less which is a biased way. The reason I'm considering the other side is, um, unfortunately, the position we're in right now is that the majority of people do want meat and they do want eggs and they do want dairy and they do want leather and all these things, right? Um, not all of them, sorry. Like fur, for example, is an example of where the majority doesn't want it, which is right. why it's getting banned in every country, almost at least. It's getting banned right. in a lot of countries, right? And that's fantastic. That's an example of a, of a successful um, situation, you know, with fur. But my worry is, and um, is that with it's it's like I, I I okay let me let me put this out to you. So I I am on obviously on your side. I want I want animals to have intrinsic value in law, and I, I'd love it to lead to an outlaw of all of these animal products and doing this to animals. But my concern is at this point where the majority of people demand it, would it not just this not just drive the demand uh, underground into like black markets um, where it, these situations would continue? People would still get access to like meat, dairy, eggs. Uh, except now it would be illegal and it would be completely unregulated. And um, have you, what, what do you think? I mean, it's because because it, I'm kind of like it's tough because I obviously want an end to it all like you do, and, and uh, but I, I worry right. that this is where we're kind of going towards. Uh, and what that theory that that theory I have, I'm, I mean, you you don't need to guess. Look what happened with alcohol. Look what happened with uh, you know the outlaw drugs. Like look at weed, man. Right. Weed was outlawed ages ago, and no one stopped. Right. It just carried right. on, and and now it's legal again in places. So it's like right. you know alcohol the same way. So could you tell me your thoughts on that as like a from a legal yeah. perspective? Like how do you think this is going to play out? Yeah, I mean, look, this is what you said. It's very right. And to be honest, you know, like there is two separate things here. One mm-hmm. thing is what the law says and the other thing is what humans actually do, you know. And right. it's, you know, it's just clear that even with laws to this, as you said, you know, drugs or whatever, or even if we talk about human trafficking, right? Which, right. you know, everything is completely criminal and completely like regular, you know, like. Um, but I yeah, think the legal, difference but, to human trafficking is that the majority of people are against it. So like it, right. it, it being illegal, it's good because the majority of people support it being illegal and will call it right. out when they see it. And, and But with the majority of people wanting animal products, it's just going to create, it would just create an, a black market right. where people would be happy there's a black market. They'd be like, yes, right. thank you, black market, keep going. And they wouldn't, yeah. you know, it wouldn't be like condemned. That's the, that's my biggest fear of of the success in the legal world, like shit, what if we end up with something 10 times worse than what we've got right. now, you know? I mean, definitely it's really important to consider that. And, mm. you know, a great example of that is what's happening with uh, wildlife trade, you know? Um, for example, um, you know, uh, the traffic of rhino horns or, or, you know, elephant tusks, you know, this is all very, very regulated and it's, you know, it's it's on the border of being like legal. It's not completely banned, but it's, you know, hi- heavily regulated. The problem is that, as you said, because you know the elephant the number of elephants and rhinos it's decreasing you know the value is going up so Mm -hmm. definitely the demand maybe is a bit less but you know the money involved is a lot bigger so actually you know i did a research project actually on on the ivory trade last year and you know some of the biggest players in the market the main goal is to make elephants go extinct because then the prices go up, right? And so, in, right. in in a sense, you know, if you make things illegal and people still want meat, same thing as they want drugs, right? They will probably find ways to 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 find it, you know. But the thing is, you have to think as a society where do you want to go, right? And so, you know, you have to create the ethical stance where you know this is you know for this this and the other reason this is where we're going to go. So, animal liberation, mm-hmm. animal freedom, um, and then you have to create the rules of the game that reflect the this ethical stance right mm-hmm. and but then obviously you know there will always be people and there will always be black markets for like anything that you want unfortunately but then there is the third the third step which is to you know based on the regulations that you have how can you improve them so that you you know avoid all these black markets and all these other things but i mean you know we have always have crime we always have you know human trafficking drugs trafficking so i mean mm-hmm. we still would have 
you know, in this in this question, as you all said, it's it's a lot more delicate because you know the majority of people actually do want me do want cheese do want eggs stuff like that. Mm. But I mean, I think we should uh, you know definitely strive to you know create an ethical stance, right? This is where we're going to go. There is very solid reasons for veganism, but we don't need mm -hmm. to discuss that now. But, you know, like it, it's clear. Um, so then, you know, now we have to follow the rules. Obviously, the rules will not follow until the majority or at least, you know, big part of society already agrees with that, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's what we're trying to do. And that's a bit of a tricky point right now because, you know, for me, it's also on a personal level, it's a bit hard sometimes because I have to make certain compromises that I'm against, you know, but I understand that this is not realistic to do or strive for certain things, right? Yeah, um, like you compromise when on, on like welfare laws. I'm gonna assume then like things like that. Yeah, that's what you're exactly. To push exactly. Welfare. You know, and and yeah. you know, for example, or or an article saying you know very specific certain you know like uh, you know this unnecessary suffering, right? Uh, yeah. Would would be forbidden. But yeah, I mean, all suffering is unnecessary, of right? Course. So if it, you yeah, I mean? it's it's very strange, isn't it? This unnecessary suffering. Like, well, we'll make the cages bigger because there's no need for them to suffer unnecessarily. It's like, well, then they shouldn't be in the cage if there's right. no need for them to suffer unnecessarily. Right. That's the whole. That's that. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, the the thing is, it's like you know, you see your heart and your head. Like, your your head is like, okay, it's good that they have bigger cages, but your heart is like, no, they shouldn't be in the cage. And right. it's your head tells you what this is what best we can do for now. But then you know, right. you, you don't want that as the final solution, right. but. I guess sometimes it has to be because there's there's no way you're going to get them out of the cages with Indeed. this route at least, right? And, and most of the times when I'm you know in negotiations with like policymakers or you know stuff like that, then you know I find myself you know negotiating with people that actually don't want animal liberation. They just you know want to like satisfy the public where you know we create mm. some welfare stuff. You know it's good for them. You know, everybody's happy, you know, we can keep doing whatever we want, you know, um, same as business as usual, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it's, it's really hard. And sometimes I find another vegan, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you're also here. Yeah. Okay, nice. You know, like, it's, it's nice to find you here, you know. Um, but, uh, you for know, the, like... Oh, so yeah, go on. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. So sorry. I was going to say for the untrained ear, for somebody who doesn't know why this is better or worse then. So let's just quick, because I'm assuming people listening to this understand why... Uh, welfare by itself isn't the solution but for some if somebody doesn't if somebody's listening and thinking hey what's wrong with these welfare people they're just trying to make the animals happier like that's good isn't it like what in your opinion uh, i obviously it's not for me i know i think i i understand where you're coming from but for somebody who doesn't right. know what what's why not just welfare why not just improve the welfare of animals and keep on using animal products why, why do we have to completely get rid of these systems instead I mean, uh, this is just like the whole point of veganism, right? There is ethical reasons, there is environmental reasons, there is uh, health reasons, there is, you know, like genetic decent reasons, like economical reasons, like you can, you know, every reason that you can think of is, you know, it just points to the direction that we have to, you know, abolish animal, you know, animal usage in every sense, you know, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I mean, I don't know if that was your question, but... Uh... Yeah, it's basically, yeah, just like, what, why? because some people would listen to us talking and think, well, what, what's, if they have a better life, then it doesn't matter. Uh, it's, I mean, if they have a better life, it's better. So then I'm happy with them having a better life. Uh, you know what I mean? Some people would be hearing this now, like right. who maybe aren't vegan, that would just say, yeah, well, okay, I'm happy with that. Well, why is that not enough is, is I guess the question. I mean, right. from my stance, it would just be the simple, what we said earlier. It's if, if you've got a, if you're trying to make animals happier and in, whilst they're in animal agriculture, when they're being bred and, 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 you know, kept in captivity and then eventually killed for animal products, if you care about their well being, then you would go vegan because they don't need to be there in the first place. If you care right. enough to try and make the cage bigger, why don't you care more than that to get them never, never right. in the cage ever? Like they never exist instead because an existence right. in that system is not preferable to, to no existence, right? If you could choose right. between being bred into, uh, into agriculture, like the farming humans to kill, if you could choose to be born into that or just not born, I'm pretty sure most of us would be like, yeah, I think, I think I'd rather not be born. I wouldn't be, right. would you rather be born a slave to be killed at like half of under half of your lifespan, like a quarter of your lifespan, or would you rather just not exist? Right. right. So, so if you really cared about them, you, you, you know, you'd stop paying people yeah, to breathe them. Indeed. And that's like probably the conversation that you and I, people like us have like, you know, on a daily basis, you know, pretty much and trying mm -hmm. to, to, like, you know, explain what you just explained basically. Um, but here there is two things that I want to mention. And, you know, Elding Ed has something that says like, he really doesn't want to mandate things. So he would not like 
forbid or make meat illegal. Um, and I, I agree and I disagree, and I'm going to tell you why. I feel like there is there is two sides to the story, and there is the ethical argument and there is the environmental argument, right? right. And so the ethical argument that you just mentioned, you and I agree, um, and you know a lot of people actually agree, but then their actions reflect something else. Most people have the same values, you know. Most people are bigger in the heads and in their hearts, sure. but then you know they've just been raised and convinced to you know do something that goes against their values and they don't even think twice and even they will get defensive if you bring it up right mm -hmm. and so you know the ethical you know even though it's very clear the ethical argument I, I understand that for a lot of people still might not be clear right but then from the other side on the environmental argument right whether we, on the question of whether we do should meet, make meat illegal or not um the situation that we are in uh, i was watching the other day an interview with uh, on bbc with uh, with the founder of extinction rebellion and he made a very nice example which he said um, look, if you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you that you have cancer stage four and he tells you, look, you either stop smoking cigarettes and then maybe you have a chance, but you stop today or you can keep smoking cigarettes and you will die in a few weeks, right? This is the chance that we are presented us right now with climate change, whether we make drastical changes right now or, or there is no future for us. So there is no third option, right? And mm -hmm. so from this point of view, whether you care about animals or not, whether you care about you know yourself or not, whether it doesn't matter what you care about mm. because this involves the end of the things that you care about, right? So we should make a lot of drastical changes that you know on a normal society on a normal day mm -hmm. I would not agree with because I do agree I do believe that information and education and debates are like the, the proper way of you know advancing a society, mm. but at the same time, you know. If we don't ban fossil fuels today, if we don't stop, yeah. you know, animal, you know, animal culture today, I mean, there is not nothing else to fight for, you know, like there is just nothing else. So, I mean, right. you know, whether you agree or not with the ethical argument, whether you care about the environment or not, I mean, you know, like the 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 banning of meat and the banning of fossil fuels and this kind of thing is something that needs to come like now, you know. Right. So, I only thing I worry about here, and I, I got to be honest with you, and and, uh, and play kind of half devil's advocate and half my own concerns too is uh we, we when we call for government intervention um like this we're, we're handing over a hell of a lot of power to people that already have a hell of a lot of power and regularly abuse that power like regularly like constantly right. over entire yeah. human history of, of you know we don't live in true democracy we live in we, we vote yeah. people in fine um, but once they're in, it's, 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 they basically make every decision, um, with, with the pay, they have to face public backlash, but they can manage that now. Thanks to social media, they can shut down people who don't, they don't agree with, uh, things like that. So, you know, we're in a, we're in a very tricky spot. And although it's like, I, the analogy you gave is great. And I agree. My big worry is, wow, like handing over this kind of power to someone to say, cause they can justify anything basically with, um, the end of the world, right? Okay, if we don't right. do this now, the world's going to end. So you need to do this, this, and this. And an example of of kind of of how it can be misused and abused is you could look to Canada just recently and how uh, the prime minister there enacted wartime um, measures to shut right. down protests. Now, like, look, if you agree or disagree with those protesters, that's not the point here. Like, th that's a whole debate. We don't need to right. get into that. What we do need to consider is they were protesting for the th things they believed in, and the prime minister used war measures to shut them down, um, justifying it by saying they were whatever, right? Um, right. That kind of power in people's hands, it just can, it, it, it doesn't sit quite well with me. Do you know what I mean here? It's, I, it's, I, yeah. it's concerning, but it's like, I understand the urgency too, but then I can see people might criticize what you just said by saying, you want to give these people who misuse their power and abuse their power constantly more power to shut us down in further ways, even though this way helps the animals and helps the planet. Um, right. It's kind of tough because it's like, yes, I want to help the animals. Yes, I want to help the planet, but I don't want these people to have ever, even more power um, right. after that, right? Because uh, right. you know what I mean? I, I, I know what you mean. I, I agree with balanced? you 100%. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And the, the, the problem here is that we live in a very imperfect society and it's getting mm -hmm. more corrupted by the day. And the problem is that we are not facing good option and bad option we're facing bad option and worst option mm, that's true. the problem right so yeah. it's not like ideally if i could say okay describe your perfect system then yeah i would create some institutions that can make 
you know, some sort of like, you know, sort of animal rebellions try to do, you mm-hmm. know, like this sort of like councils of, you know, democratic people yeah. and, you know, just, the, you know, several, uh, you know, layers of protection. So like the, the, the decisions have to be made through, you know, obviously everything based on science, for example, the IPCC, the Intergovern- Intergovernmental Panel of Climate Change, they would, you know, this, these are the top leading scientists in the world. So these people would have to have, you know, a lot of, you know, power to make certain decisions right or, or to, to tell at least the public information and that's the thing you know we are not i'm not saying oh let's give you know the president of this in this country you know absolute power so they can do whatever they want that's mm-hmm. that's not what i'm saying but what i'm saying is that um we should definitely at least create laws that should you know not only allow information to be public because it already is but like to promote it you know what i mean mm-hmm. so instead of you know you turn on the tv and and seeing you know what you see normally yeah which, you know, the respect is just bullshit the whole time. Um, you should be able to see, okay, the last report of the IPCC, what are the findings are? You know, what are the meat consumption is causing? What, you know, what kind of air you're breathing every day? What kind of food you're feeding to your children? You know what I mean? Um, you should be able to know that. How come is it, you know, in cigarette packages that, you know, it causes cancer, but it's not in meat packages that causes cancer because, you know, it's in the same category. You know what I mean? So, like, is this kind of things that, first of all, we need to be able to provide this information to people. And then I don't think we would need to mandate anything because most people would already agree with you and I because you and I are not different or special or weird. We just know the information and sure. are acting accordingly. So I believe, because that's what, what we do on the streets, when we, you pass the information and when you explain things properly to people, it's not that they change right away, but they start thinking, oh, like, oh, shit. Actually, I didn't know that. And if I knew, I would have done it differently, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing. You know, I was always very, very, very worried about like health and, you know, like a gym and like, you know, diet and stuff like that. And then I was like taught by nutritionists that I was supposed to eat meat twice or three times a day, you know? Yeah. And then when I discovered yeah. that, I was like, how, how is that even possible, right? Um, sure. And so this is the thing, you know, like, first of all, through information education, you can get a public that can make more, um, not only informed decisions, but more like, coherent decisions right the more data you have the easier it is to or to that you make the right decision so to say right but then yeah. um it is true that i'm not saying we should enact policies that you know mandate things i'm just saying like on the situation that we have right now first of all is is far from perfect mm. and second of all we have to start making some radical changes i'm not saying which ones or how to do it i'm okay, just saying yeah, yeah, they I need to be you. done you know i think it was something you touched on that is interesting with the food labeling it, it would be I think more honest food labeling could go a long way in bringing people over to to the side of reason of like, okay, uh, you know, I don't need the government to tell me not to eat this or buy this. I'm not going to buy it or eat it because it's because uh, I know what's going on here. And I think it, with animal products, it should absolutely be there. And but not only there, not only limited there. I think too many companies get away with with putting out products that appeal to people and yeah. get people hooked and. Uh, you know, with, with animal products, it's it's killing billions of animals and with non-animal products, just, you know, completely aside from the ethical side of things, just health wise, people right. are all kinds of fucked up because they eat things that they think are healthy and, and there's right. no no one telling them apart from like a doctor, but it should, it should be something packaging wise. It should be very clear, bold warnings on things that are, that are right. likely to fuck you up uh, or with animal products, there should be clear warnings of A, it's likely to fuck you up. B, it's likely to, to be destroying the planet. And C, most importantly, actually, C should be A. An animal had their throat slit for this. So, you know, right. um, these these are these are three things that, you know, if anything, just just the one, just the animals having the throat slit is a good reminder for people each day. Um, every time they buy something, they should be reminded of that. Right. The only reason they buy it is because they're not reminded of it, right? So yeah. even that yeah, alone yeah. would probably do the job. And the other two elements which are very much, you know, the other two elements are debated and, and the scientists on either side and people get into these big, long debates about health implications and environmental damage and stuff like that. But the 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 animal themselves, there's no debate there. They had their throat slit. Right. There's, there's no debate. Right. Like, it, it is, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? So if anything, if you could choose one thing to put on the packet, I mean, personally, I'd choose the, uh, you know, the pro the slaughter process, uh, some description right. of that or, or what happened, I personally would go for that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we, don't, we wouldn't have to choose. I think we would just have to, like, be able to live in a world where you can just, like, don't have to, like, research hours to know the truth, right? right? And, right. like, you know, I always follow the example of the tobacco industry for the animal agriculture industry. And so if you see on the 40s and the 50s, doctors, athletes were 
on TV advertising cigarettes, you know, oh, smoke mm. your camel after your baseball game, whatever, you know, yeah, pregnant yeah. woman were advertising a wood for pregnant woman, you know what I mean? And it just changed completely, completely around. So it should be the same thing. I think it's following the same path where, you know, we believed like 30, 40 years ago that meat was actually super healthy. We still believe as a general in society that, you know, but already a lot, more people already know, I would say most people already know that at least, at least red meat is not the best for your body. At least red meat, right? Yeah. And so, and then maybe cheese, you know, okay, cheese I cannot see. I don't know it's bad or good, but it's also not good, you know? So at least these things are like a bit more known every time, right? But I think you should definitely, I mean, the thing that you said, putting that an animal had their throat cut on the package, I don't think this should be there because it's quite obvious, no? I mean, you know, this, you're buying an animal. Like, I mean, this animal is dead. So like it had to be killed somehow, you know what I mean? But I would agree with you in the sense of instead of putting uh, uh, a cow grazing on a green field, put the picture of the cow being slaughtered. Right. Let's see if, let's see if now you could buy it. Right. So change the picture, put the, the health logo and, you know, the, the environmental logo and see like where it is, you're buying, you know, the first station on the Amazon, you're buying, it's not only the animal that you kill, but it's also the wildlife that has been killed, you know, whether, you know, it's the first station, whether it's, you know, for climate change, you know what I mean? Um, and so at least people know and that can make informed decisions, right? Yeah, yeah. And people tend to go down the road, the, the kind, of, kind of counter to this that I've seen is, well, okay then, we'll just eat meat that is not from um, outside of the country and from only the grass-fed animals and only animals that I know have been killed humanely. And then this is, this is kind of what you get as a counter argument. And what, what I, it's, it's, it's really, um, and it's coming up more and more these days, actually. I've seen it. It's, it's starting to get very popular now. Uh, and and not, I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about more political stuff today, but just to touch on this, because I'm sure someone's thinking it, you know, they, they, they go on about uh, vegans and, and crop deaths in, in farming for plants and, and how the, the most ethical way to live is, is this, this uh, grass-fed way with, with only feeding the cows grass and, and there's no mass harvesting of plants, so there's right. no crop deaths and blah, blah, blah. And um, it, I find it so, it's amazing how people can be so naive to think that 8 billion people can live that way. Right. <laughs> you know, this is what they're describing here is pre uh, agriculture days, like when yeah. people didn't have big agricultural systems. They, every family would have probably had um, animals they like had with them or whatever they killed themselves. They, they think we can live like that now when the population right. is like, what? how many times bigger, <laughs> you yeah. know, there's not even, there's not, I think I heard it the other day. I think it was actually Carol Adams who said it. I don't know the, the data behind it, but she said that to, to live that way, we would need like an entire second planet of land to, to right. live that way. Like that's yeah. how much land we, we don't have something like that, or even more than that, which is mental. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. It depends on the country. If you based yourself on us consumption, you need like five and a half planets, if I'm not mistaken. If, right. Uh, you uh, know? Yeah. So it yeah. depends on even what country you're looking at. Mental, mental, isn't it? Yeah. To think that, and even there's even problems with, even if we could do it that way, there's problems with that as well. There's still ethical right. problems, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so naive to think that that's, that as, as a potential yeah, but solution. I, I mean, you know, on one side, I agree with you. Then on the other side, when I talk to people on the streets, I honestly feel sorry, you know, without disrespecting anyone, but I feel sorry because, you know, people just, you know, are so caught up with their daily lives, you know, their Instagrams and, you know, their basic stuff, superficial stuff that they have never thought, they have never stopped of thinking why they believe what they believe, you know? And when I start asking questions, you know, why do you think meat is healthy? You know, because everybody says, yeah, yeah, you need meat to survive. I'm like, why? Why do you think that, you know? What do you yeah. think that you're getting from meat? And they're like, oh, I, well, actually, I don't know. You know, like, yeah, protein, I guess, you know, like, right. you know, but they, they have no idea. You know what I mean? And it's, so, yeah, yeah you're totally right, man. It's what I was mentioning earlier is that we're constantly, this is what I'm, back to my point earlier about being worried about giving too much power to people that really, really fuck us with this power is that they, the reason that people have no idea what's going on, the reason that they're just going around using Instagram and doing things like is because of these people that are in the powerful positions with a click right. of their fingers. These people who are in powerful positions could put extra restrictions on social media to make sure that, uh, that they, there's certain things that can't be put. For example, um, things like, Things that are like clearly designed to fuck with with a society, like for example, putting up videos um, of 
altercations with the police or right. videos of altercations with people, drunk people falling over and, you know, smashing their heads or whatever. Just all this horrible shit you can access, like with a click of a finger on social media. Right. Um, that does not create a good society. Um, right. It creates an addiction to to horrible things. And and uh, and I think the thing is, this works in favor of the politicians because they don't want you to be like thinking about things that really matter. They want you to be watching this drama that's happening somewhere else, right. somewhere in the world. They want to just, they want to keep you hooked onto that stuff so that we don't have these types of conversations that we're having now. Right. And, and um, I had another point there as well. It's just, uh, yeah, I guess it's just to back up what you're saying. I feel like that our entire like system driven by the politics is designed to keep everybody at our level, just thinking about things that don't matter, right. trivial things. And, and it takes a lot of effort and a lot of strength to break away from it and try and focus on things that actually matter. And, and, and these people benefit from us being dumb and numb. So yeah. you know, I just worry about, I worry about handing even more power or, or even yeah, advocating I mean, I, they have more power, you know? I agree with you. And the thing is like, I wouldn't do it like that. I would just like, if you know, like you should, you know, have all the power so you can take these decisions because obviously they can take any decision they want. What I would do is just like, you know, without going into detail, because I'm not going to describe everything that I would do, but you know, sure. let's say we just keep the system as it is, right? We could just barely do simple things such as, you know, enacting committees, for example, of, you know, a climate committee or an environmental committee, for example, right. you know, it could be an EU level, it can be a national level, for example. Um, and this, you know, um, these committees would have to revise the, uh, the policies from now on. And they would be like, look, this policy from a very objective point of view is not viable. Because if you do this, this and this is going to happen. So you want to do this, you can do it as politician, but you have to modify it accordingly so it doesn't fuck up this, this, and the other thing, mm. right? And at least we would make sure that these new policies objectively, right? And when I mean objective, I mean, you know, putting science that, you know, it's very hard to make anything objectively in politics, you know, because even if it's scientists or whatever, they are all working for somebody, they are all getting paid from somebody. So it's, it's hard. But at the same time, you know, if we would have, you know, like the IPCC, the IPCC is doing a great job. You know, I mentioned before, you know, mm. that the reports are absolutely stunning you know like they're just revising every single paper that they can find out there in yeah. whatever they're analyzing right and so it's like the most advanced scientific knowledge that we have objectively this is science right yeah. and so if we say okay you know for example now spain is having plans of opening the the biggest dairy farm it's like i think it's like the biggest dairy farm in the world or something like this right. in the middle of the desert the spanish desert right and oh, okay. you know people are like yeah some people are concerned you know even my mom that's not big it's like oh yeah i, I can see how this could be a problem for cows and stuff like that you know but that's it that's it right and so yeah. what they don't realize is that they live down one of the biggest rivers you know that if they actually build that that farm their mm. water is not they cannot be able to they're not able to drink from sing anymore they are yeah. not going to be able they are going to have you know what i mean all these little things that happen that people don't know so i think you know along with this scientific committee there should be an information committee it's like this this and this needs to be released the people need to know these these and the other things definitely you know People need to know, people need to have a say in what actually gets done uh, as well. And I don't mean a say as in they get to make decisions because they're obviously not everybody's completely informed, but but at least, uh, yeah, some information so that they are informed and then they can share opinions and, and maybe vote as well, vote on specific decisions, not just votes going through um, people who are powerful. Because, I mean, there are examples of, of yeah, the decision-making process of these things needs to be way, way better handled. I mean, if you look right. at the USA for as an example, um, so Biden was voted in as, as the progressive choice. He was voted in as the vegan choice for a lot of people as well. Right. I mean, uh, if you're comparing him to Trump, you probably have a bit of, you probably have a pretty good, pretty good argument, but, but the thing is, and he made some decisions that seemed really good as well. Like he stopped a pipeline from being built. Um, and, uh, it seemed like he was going to do some really good stuff, but now, you know, some years later, like a year or so later or whatever it was, um, that not building that pipeline came back to haunt him because they were getting a lot of the oil from Russia and now they've right. had to stop and that the royal prices are now through the roof and they don't right. have, you know, this pipeline could have helped. And it's like, okay, you did it for the environment, which is great, but, but people still need it. So it's like, now you're fucked. And the other thing is the electric cars as well. Everyone's talking about electric cars and the materials for that is coming from China, I believe. So it's right. like, okay. And China's not got a great relationship with the West. So then you got another problem. Um, and another thing he did, he, he just bloody um, gave like billions of dollars of sub, of uh, subsidies to the meat industry. That Biden just signed into place, so it's yeah, like a billion, a billion, a billion year, a billion dollar. Uh, right. Subsidy, so, yeah, so, so it's like, so yes. Yeah, so, so it's so so for me, um, you're right. There needs to be some better 
um, process of like how these things get done because sometimes something that seems good, uh, yeah, this is great. Stop the pipeline from being built. Like, yeah, the, right. how could you not support that? And then you know, sometime later, you're like, oh fuck, <laughs> now right. now the country's fucked, and I'm glad I don't live right. there because it's it's a real big problem right now. Right. And then like, okay, he seems like the great choice. He's a progressive. Great, just sends billions of dollars to the meat industry. Like, dude, what what are you? Right. What, yeah so yeah. Uh, like here's yeah. the thing you know like I, I just said at the beginning you know i believe like people have the power and you know power comes from bottom up the thing is you know politicians have to do what people want right so they would vote them the thing is uh that politicians also tell people what they want you know uh through you know companies paying politicians i mean politicians are just only toys you know we all know that mm. but like puppets but um you know basically they make all this you know marketing machine of propaganda so you feel like you want these things and you feel like you are have always choice, you know, abortion, not abortion, right or left, or, you know, mm. progressive, less progressive, you know. So they create the illusion of a change, of, of an option, of a choice, right, within, you know, within a very small um, framework, right? So, yeah. you know, within this bubble, you feel like you have choice. But the truth is that what you're not seeing is what's inside the bubble. Your choice is actually much bigger than what you actually think. But they create all this illusion, all this media, all this, you know, like mm. every time you turn on the TV, as I said before, and it, it has, you know, that you it, you have the illusion that you always have to choose, mm. you know, um, whether you believe in, in what they say about COVID, uh, vaccines or anti-vaccines, you know, Ukraine and pro-Ukraine or black pro-Russia pro or like whatever, you know, like it's always having to make this kind of choice, right? Mm. And that's, that's where the problem comes in because then what you just described about the pipeline, pipeline this is what happens. You know, it's, you, you have to cho choose between yes or not, but there is like third option, a fourth option, a fifth option, right? Whether, you know, you can just not forbid things or do this and do the other thing and that's it. You always have to create alternative plans, right? And so if, you know, there is, instead of putting a billion dollars to like, you know, the animal agriculture industry, which you know, it's going to be more expensive down the line mm. of taxpayer dollars because all the environmental costs that you're going to have to mitigate are going to be way more expensive. Why don't you just invest that money into, you know, investing into animal protein, like from lab-grown or from plant-based companies or from, you know, all these kind of things that are way more, or like, you know, instead of investing in the pipeline, why do you invest in like energy, energy green solutions? It creates jobs, it creates the economy, it creates independence for the country. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I'm not saying I have all the solutions and that's not true, but sure. I'm just saying like the way politics is done, is just, you know, you find a problem and you put a bandaid instead of just looking why the problem and why you have the cut in the first place, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a it's a it's a shitter because when you're when when you do what you do and the and the pressure uh, campaigning or if you with the lobbying, sorry, it's like you you have to you have to work within this this shitty setup, right? right? You, otherwise, nothing gets done. But knowing the faults of the setup, I suppose I suppose does knowing the faults make it like um easier for you to handle like you you know where it's where it's faulty so that you can go in there and, and it doesn't make you know. it easier it just makes it you know like you have to be aware of this so you right. can you know like know how to fight it but i mean it just doesn't definitely doesn't make it easier now to know yeah yeah it's it's yeah, it's brutal because you, you have you have good ideas for the i mean for the alternative and and the alter, an alternative would work but then you've got to ask the question what's more effective with my time on this planet right i have one lifetime right. am i going to overturn the political system we have in place in my lifetime? Probably not. <laughs> if I work within it, could I make some changes? Probably right. yes. So it's like, shit, you know, we'd all I mean, try and well, create my, a different my, my goal is to definitely create massive systematic change. And I'm mm. just at the beginning, you know, and this is just, you know, I think I have a lot of time and this is why I was doing like all these different kinds of activism from the inside, from mm. the outside, just to see how we can create this change. Because as I said, you know, whether, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you care about. Mm -hmm. We all need this. Whether you yes. like it or not, we all need this, right? Yeah, and so yeah. I just need to find the way, we need to find the way, you, me, and all the people involved in that to, to, to be able to create this change and to be able to make it look like, not look like, but just show people that this is not, oh, you know, vegans want this, so we have to do what vegans want. No, right, right. It, that we're actually advocating for everyone. You know, like animal oppression, we always say it, right? Animal oppression involves like human oppression, involves nature oppression, involves a bunch of other issues that everybody's affected by, whether you like it or not, right? And so I think we have to put the information out there to make people aware so they can realize what we need to change. And then, you know, then we can create that window where we can, you know, enter in discussions about, you know, what we said before, right? The creating policies that are sustainable, that are ethical, that are, you know, um, that are not just, choosing A or B that are actually, you know, a discussion and a complex 
sort of solution, right? Right. That's the point. And you try to get the average person remotely interested in this is also the, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> the, big, yeah. the big challenge. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, 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 yeah, it's, um, it's rough. It's about you. You've got so much competition nowadays. I mean, we have got competition, but I'm not doing the the same political side of things. But, but the point is, is that uh, you know, how do you get your thing, like your the thing, a thing that is 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 your passion, but that it affects everybody. But you're competing with like a lit, literally a million other things. You're competing with right. reality TV. You're competing with TikTok. Right. You know, fucking nonsense on TikTok. You're competing with all you know all this distraction. Uh, and uh, people could literally, people could live uh, right now at least um, their lives from start to finish, and never give a shit about anything but themselves for their entire and have to yeah. ha- have a great you know just do th- everything they want to do when they want to do it and never give a shit and they would never see the impact of it right. Oh. Um, this is the position they're in right now. Most people are in that position right now. Obviously, yeah. as things go forward and we start to see more extreme uh, weather and um, you know economic problems. That's right. going to be, that, you know, it'll be a lot easier to make people pay attention then. And it is easier to, for the people who are going through this right now, right. it is easier to make them, hey, look, this is why this is happening. It's, it's easy right. to do it. But yeah, for the ones who aren't, which are the majority, you know, how do you get them to sit up and pay attention? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a very good question. And, and this for me is just another symptom of a broken sick system, right? Because, you know, naturally people, we get pleasure out of knowing things, right? And the problem is that we don't get education in spirituality, on critical thinking, mm-hmm. on morality. We just study maths, uh, English, and, you know, and that's it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's that's a bit of a problem as well, you know? Like, I, I'm not going to, like, yeah, this could be a discussion for hours, right? But, <laughs> you know, like, when we start like this, you know, like, you're presented to the same thing, your choice. You got higher education or professional formation. And then you have these options and these options, and that's it. But maybe who you are doesn't, fit in any of these options so you end up doing something because you sort of think you have to do it and then you're like 35 45 as you've been doing also something in your all your life that yeah you sort of like but you don't care so you know when you are doing eight hours a day something that you don't really care about it's only just something to survive the rest of the time you just want to like do other stuff and get entertained and stuff you know and so that's like part of the problem as well and so you know part of the things that we work on it's just not animal specifically but about these kind of things right where you when you turn on the tv instead of watching the same crap as always you would be able to tune into channels or even like the main media Mm -hmm. where they would do proper news right and then you start okay you start informing yourself okay 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 that's that's actually interesting right and Mm -hmm. then from here it's like oh man you know you pick your interest right um and obviously you're never gonna get everybody interested you know you just need enough people to get interested but the thing is that we just live in a broken system where all the things that we're talking about are just symptoms and parts of the mm. problem. But, you know, and we need to change systematically. That's why I keep talking about systematic change, right? Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, no, I get you. The news what, especially is is bad, man. Like, it's literally, the, I, I don't understand Finnish, but I, I'm living here in Finland and, and um, I know what the news is showing here, uh, even though I don't understand all of it. And it's like, up until a couple of weeks ago, every single day, and I mean this, every day, the first story of every news, like whatever, 12 o'clock, 6 o'clock, whatever, was COVID. Every right. time, every time. Yeah. Now, look, I know I know, it's in, I know, we're all going through it, and I know it's interesting to a lot of people, but I'm telling you, there is not enough news on it to show it more than three times a day for the first big right. story and for multiple minutes, but they create news about it because they know it gets people to watch. Right. And now it's Russia and Ukraine, right? right. And, and uh, God, what you said is so important that, yeah, now we're addicted though. Now we're addicted to the drama and there's not, there's not, there's not, of course there are tiny minute details to report on every day about Russia, Ukraine. Of right. course there are, but, but do people need to know it? Is it going to change their lives? No, it's not. It's right. not right. For somebody here sat over here, unless, unless Russia is about to, wage war on finland there's really not that much else you need to know about it okay someone else got right. killed today okay yeah it's really sad i know they got killed yesterday too it's sad i don't need a reminder every time i turn on the tv right. that someone's being killed yeah um right. but what i might need is some new information like you just said about something that's been found out by science that could help the humanity you know give right. me that right. on the fucking news and explain right. it and make it digestible and that's the headline yeah. story not russia ukraine again we know what's going on in russia in ukraine it's sad we know and yes update us on it but it doesn't need to be this huge segment in every single right. tv news every single program every single day until it's right. over do we need that much news on this you know right. and 
and right. yeah, that also that also fits like your beliefs as well, right? Because they talk about the the war in Ukraine, but they don't talk about the conflicts in the Middle East. They don't talk about the you know Absolutely. like the civil war in Ethiopia that has caused like more than half a million deaths already. Has been in any news channel, right? So you also like or, or when you see the refugees now that Ukraine, they for the first time in history, Europe opened their doors like completely, right? Right. This never happened before. No for Syria, no for Iraq, no for Iran. It never happened before. I go quite completely opposite. We never have the money. We don't have the space. But now, out of a sudden. Now yeah. we have money, now we have space, and now we have resources. Like, how, how is this possible, right? And it's, um, and it's exactly, reverts way back to what we said earlier. And one more time, it's because this is directly, those are the conflicts you mentioned. The West is involved in them, and they benefit, the, the Western powers, I mean, benefit right. by the people not knowing everything that's going on in these other conflicts. That's why we don't know about it. That's why the media yeah. doesn't cover it. It's because it's not, it's not, it's beneficial to people in power for us not to know. And if the media covered it, that would that would cause them problems, and the media is right. controlled. You know, this isn't conspiracy. This is this conspiracy it's theory. Just, sorry, yeah. it, it is it is it a is. conspiracy, but it's not a conspiracy theory. It's a difference. This is right. literally happening. This is how it works. Right. So you're totally right. It, it is a fucked system, and but I am happy that there are people like you working in it to try and make it less fucked. Um, it is something that I would be interested in as well. Uh, as a as I move forward, I don't think I'll be doing the public stuff. Well, my entire life. I think as I get, maybe as I get a bit older, I might be like less likely to want to go on camera and, and do all this kind of, you know, right. you know, performing stuff for YouTube. I think this is something I would most likely move into behind the scenes, more lobbying and stuff like that. So yeah. if, if someone like me wanted to get into it, like how, how would they get into it, man? Where would they start uh, if they don't want to do the more public facing stuff? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. You can always start doing it, but, you know, like, the easiest thing would be to, like, find a party that, you know, if your country has a party for the animals or, you know, a party, like, that's close to that, like, Green Party or something like this, try to start there. Try to also find organizations that maybe are already doing something, you know, like, loving at some point and trying to do some pressure, governmental pressure, instead of just doing, like, you know, uh, street outreach. Um, and then from there, start investigating, you know, see what these organizations offer you. That's how I started, actually, you know. Um, I just was really interested. I was a bit lost also when I started. But then you see there's a lot of organizations also working either focus solely on this or like doing half and half. Um, I don't know whether it's the Eurogroup for Animals or whether it's, you know, like uh, World Animal Protection. Like, you know, there's a lot of organizations actually doing stuff like that. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it just, you know, there is just so many ways that you can do that. Then you don't have to like, sometimes it can be, it can seem so big, but you can also do stuff at the local, you know, mm -hmm. local level, you know, like with your mayor, with your town or, you know, I'm sure there is stuff that you can improve for animals and for, and for, you know, environmental that can then be extrapolated to a much bigger level, you know, and that's mm -hmm. one of the things that I really want to emphasize, you know, that people should not be discouraged because, you know, sometimes you said it seems very complex and it seems very mm. big and very powerful and just like, yeah, what am I going to do? You know, um, just start small, you know, just start thinking small, go to your local, you know, town or whatever, and just start doing stuff there. And from there you can grow. And most of the parties that are local also have like national, it's a national party normally. Um, so then you can maybe keep growing. Um, you don't even have to belong to a political institution. You know, you can do it like as I do from the outside, from an NGO or, or as an individual, you know? And are, are people, uh, are you happy with people contacting you if they want to get into this to, to give them a little bit of yeah, guidance? Absolutely. Is that absolutely. cool? I would love to. Yeah, yeah, of course. Great, man. Cool. Because that, that's good advice. But I, I feel like even, you know, for me, I'm even in this world and even I'm still feeling a bit like it still sounds pretty scary. So I think I think yeah, like, I, agree. <laughs> I think I would if I were going to get into this, I would be wanting to speak to you a lot. So I assume somebody else would as well. So is, is Instagram the best way for someone to get you? Uh, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, email, whatever you prefer to. Okay. Okay, cool. I'll put that in the description then of the video for, for 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 anybody. And if you're listening on Spotify, it'll be it'll be it's on YouTube. Go to YouTube and find the conversation. It's okay. Right, you'll, you'll find it somewhere. It'll be in the All description right. anyway. Um, dude, it's been great to have you. Um, really appreciate you. you going Thank into you, this. No, I really appreciate you bringing me talking about this thing because you know most of these podcasts don't actually talk about this kind of thing, and I think it's really important for us to have these conversations as well. And as I said, you know, just because it just seems so big, people get discouraged. So I think it's important for people mm -hmm. to like us to just giving this information and, you know, explaining how it works so people would feel more inclined to get engaged in this kind of things, you know? So yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah. People can contact you if they, if they want to get into this. And I recommend them to do that. If you've got the passion for this, definitely get in contact with Enrique and, right. and you can set them up, bro. Cheers. Thank you so much, David. Have a beautiful day, man. Thanks, man. You too. Uh, ciao.